Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. Please watch us each Sunday morning at 9.30 for Pastor Jim's class or 10.35 for our worship service. Even better, join us in person. We promise that you will receive a warm welcome. For more information, please go to our website, gpindy.net. And now, let's join Pastor Jim for his message. I'm speaking on a topic that some probably won't agree with, but that's okay. Sometimes you have to do that. Uh, I was reading a book, and uh, with scripture, of course, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Chuck and Tim Baldwin, and uh, the title of the book is To Keep or Not to Keep, and uh, it's, uh, it was just where it resonated with me. I pulled some things out I want to share with you today uh, with the scripture and I hope that it be a blessing. Title of my message is Keep Your Guns. <laughs> Keep Your Guns. And uh, Carol and I, we've been watching TV, uh, the advertisements that come on, and it kind of infuri infuriates you, if I can say that. And you get upset, and uh, they're having uh, a race for the mayor in Indianapolis there. And uh, the, you have one who says that they are uh, pro-abortion and against the Second Amendment in the sense of getting rid of guns. And then you have the other candidate who is pro-life and pro-guns. And uh, the TV comes on and says, because of the guy being pro-life and pro-guns, he was saying, we don't like that type of extremism here. Because you're pro-life and you're Second Amendment, that's extreme today. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that used to always be the rallying call for many, for many. And so I began to do some studying on it, and I just think that that's the way I was moved, and I want to share that with you if I could. They're wanting to pass gun laws to reduce the rights of citizens to have and to carry and try to make guns like a hobby. They say guns not even for self-defense. Uh, the UN is pushing that. The non-government organizations are declaring there's no human right for self-defense or the possession of defensive arms. Isn't that something? And we give them millions each year. The government is pushing a requirement of a license for specific purposes that a gun can be used, like hunting, or you have one in your home, and so on. And when government license you like that, the government's power has that power to decide what kind of gun needs to be used for that special license and how many rounds of ammunition to go with that gun. And in doing that, that gives government absolute power to disarm its citizens that is absolutely contrary to the Second Amendment, but also, I believe, even the Scriptures. Uh, there are several nations who have been disarmed, including Australia, England, Australia, and uh, it's unbelievable. And they, uh, going through the epidemic, they showed their hand 
uh, that they're the ones in charge and you have no recourse whatsoever. Uh, who, I was thinking about that, what about us as citizens and mostly as believers who we obey the government? Some Christians believe if government says to give up their guns, even for self-defense, they do so. And, uh, of course, I don't agree with that whatsoever. But the fact is, self-defense is the most fundamental of all human rights. It's the natural law that God has placed in each person. The Old Testament supports self-defense and even requires it. Somebody says, well, we're not under Old Testament. Well, we believe the Old Testament. As I said to our Sunday school class, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, not evolution. And so we just believe what the Bible says, amen? And then Jesus did not come to destroy the Old Testament or the natural law. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10 says this here. A righteous man regardeth, that word regardeth, the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Now notice that he's talking about his beast. And since humans are greater than animals, and the reason they are is God gave them a conscience of what's right and wrong. Man can communicate with God, and man is eternal. So man is greater than animals, and man's duty toward other humans requires regarding or concern not to unjustly harm. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 says this, And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and, if, and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on him and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. And he says there, and I think it's important, and if that's a man, you help them in a crisis, what about our family? What about our loved ones? You know, Abraham, he defended and slew the enemy kings who had taken Lot and part of his family, and he defended them. God created humans not for destruction, but he, he created them for life, happiness, and improvement. Now, we know man messes this up, and that just shows the need of preservation and protection. Proverbs 29, 26 says this, Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. We want to please our country. But listen, our judgment, and that is our right, our privilege due, that's what that means, comes from God. Understand this, God in Scripture does not command submission to a law that criminalizes man's preservation and protection. Man needs to oppose any law that takes away the natural right and means of self-defense for self-existence. <laughs> that only makes sense, doesn't it? A government that criminalizes the means of self-defense against a criminal, a tyrant, 
is not a government ordained of God or not worthy of absolute submission. A government that says just accept what happens is on a downward spiral. There are examples. Moses defended the Hebrew slaves. It was a defense of the innocent. They're in slavery, no freedom. Hebrews 11, verse 24, says this, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And then he says, By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. There in those verses, God justifies Moses' act of defiance against that government at that time. Self-defense comes from an act of love. You love them, that's why you're defending them. Psalm 136 verse 15 says this, But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever, to him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever, to him which smote the great kings, for his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. This is showing that God ordained self-defense against the Egyptians and the enemies of God's people. Now the Israelites, they didn't understand the process of freedom. Moses, when he acted in their defense by killing their taskmaster, uh, they, they didn't encourage Moses. They didn't even understand the idea of freedom at that time. And as a result of not understanding freedom, they remained in slavery, in their slavery. It took God and working through Moses quite a bit to bring them about to freedom. And I say to you today, most of us today don't understand freedom and man's right to keep it. Did you hear what I just said? We don't understand freedom and our right to be able to keep that freedom. Remember, our bodies are God's, not the government's. Amen? That's important. And the question is, what power does an unarmed people have against a forceful, unlimited, corrupt, ungodly, oppressive government? What power do we have against criminals? What power do we have against unprincipled lawmakers? God's delivery of Israel began with Moses' use of the sword, and it ended in freedom with the people's possession of swords when they left Egypt. And the Bible says in Romans 15, 4, he says this, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, the story I've just been sharing, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. We the people, we have the right to appoint certain government leaders that protects us from two important things. Protects us from anarchy. That's where there is no government. And that's what the younger college educational people are wanting to do down with this government 
even though they don't know what it's going to try to replace it with. There is no government, no law, no police systematic control where might, power, criminals, cancel culture, a few groups or elites who live on might is right. And the other thing is tyranny. And tyranny is where a few people have too much power to use political oppression that leads to socialism. And that's where our country is beginning to lean toward. Our founders, through the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, was said that it, they were created to have a balance between these two extremes. They wanted a people's law where government can be kept under control. Political power that maintains a balanced center. Enough government to help the state's security, justice, good order, but not too much government to abuse and oppress its people. And in the midst of all of this is God's, the natural law that says behind the universe and people's lives, there is a supreme creator. The laws of the land were to reflect his greatness, his presence, and his interests. That's the way they set it up. All laws were to be measured by God's law, his word, and legislative laws were not to amend God's natural laws, like man's dignity, and his right to protect life. Understand, religious faith is so important to our nation. When our nation was first created, it went by the Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs, mainly Christian beliefs. And they said, one of their leaders of our founding fathers said that without that faith, the government of a free people cannot be maintained. And that tells us why they attack Christianity so much anymore. Because Christianity is completely opposite of what they're trying to push today in society, education, the media, whatever you want it to be. And they hate us because we stand for what God says in his word. So they wanted to, they wanted taught in the public schools led by Benjamin Franklin that there is one, there exists a creator who made all things and mankind should recognize and worship him. Two, the creator has revealed through his word and natural law a moral code of behavior that brings about happy living with distinguishes, which distinguishes between right and wrong. The creator holds mankind responsible for the way they treat each other. All mankind lives beyond this life. And in the next life, mankind will be judged according to the conduct in this life. That's what they promoted in our educational schools. America has collapsed from its foundation. That's forcing its citizens, to even be more vigilant concerning self-defense. The last few years is unbelievable, the sale of guns. 
Why is that? Because they see that they're not safe. And as a result, gun sales are going up for self-defense. That's a natural law that's built in all of us, I believe. The Second Amendment expresses that keeping and bearing arms possessed by citizens is necessary to secure a free state from government, tyranny, and foreign and domestic enemies. We have the right, now don't miss this, to have a battle rifle. Now you might not understand that, but it's so important. Some Americans are trying today to widen the gap between the government's weapons and capabilities versus the people's self-defense weapons. Why do you think they're so strong against the AR-15 rifle? It's not about the killings. It's about trying to remove that rifle that makes the citizenship more dependent upon a stronger government. We need weapons always to resist tyrants, like semi-automatic rifles, to have meaningful self-defense, to deter government's willingness to use deadly force against its enemies, its citizens, or even an enemy invasion. One of the great reasons that America hasn't been invaded is America has been well armed. <laughs> and they're going to have some trouble with us. That's not a bad thing whatsoever. And by the way, this is not a political campaign. <laughs> Okay, I want you to know that. Alexander Hamilton. Isn't he on the $20 bill? Am I rolling it? The 10? Thank you. Boy, you knew that real far. You cut it right in half. The people's power. Now get this. He said this. And this is way back when they founded our Constitution and Declaration of Independence. The people's power must increase as the government's power increases. The people must understand their rights and be willing to stand up and defend them rather than just laying over passively. No longer, at least very little, is the government accountable to its people. I could just scream right there. It's as if we're nothing. As if we're nothing. It follows its own past laws, and federal is little associated with local states and communities. At least they have the feeling of distance with most. I've used this quote, but it's so true. George Washington, government is a force like a fire. It's a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Government has thrusted upon its citizens chaos, depravity, and oppression. Our only, or at least our best security is self-defense. When criminals don't fear the consequences of a crime and the policemen do fear the consequences in trying to stop the criminals, because they have little support behind them, everything is upside down. 
Isaiah said long ago, Isaiah 5.20 and following, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. And boy, if that is not America today, uh, your head's in the sand. Amen? Now some people try to use Matthew 26, 52. It says this, Matthew 26, 52. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And they use that last phrase against self-defense. And they use it for to take away self-defense. They say that means to put away your weapon. You can't use your weapons or your perish. You have to remain passive when attacked. <laughs> but the context teaches otherwise. Matthew 26, 52, Jesus there did not and by the way, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the temple guards and some Roman guards come up to arrest him, right? Jesus reached, uh, Peter reached out and cut the ear off of Malchus. Remember that? Tried to kill him, cut his ear off. Okay? Jesus did not command Peter to give up his sword or his right to use it. Peter kept possession, possession of his sword per Jesus' instruction. Peter had tried to kill, no small thing. If Jesus had taught no self-defense, as some say, Jesus would not have allowed Peter to walk away with his sword. Peter's use of the sword was not wrong, but his timing was wrong. And there's a reason for that. Matthew 26, it goes on to say in verse 53, the next verse, Thanks thou that I cannot now pray for my, uh, to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? You see, only Jesus knew the Father's will about the upcoming cross and its importance. So he had to explain to Peter why he needed to put away his sword. The circumstances warranted the sword's use. The enemy came in, but something higher took precedence right at that moment. A little more light on that is Luke twenty-two thirty-six. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and... Buy one. Isn't that amazing? For I say unto you that it is written, must yet be accomplished in me, and so on. They're told to buy weapons if you don't have them. Matthew 26, 52 again, the last part of that verse. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. In the context, you have the temple guard, the Roman guards that were oppressing 
the people, Jewish people especially, the temple religious leaders and even Rome, people who oppose others will with the sword perish by that sword. That's the proper interpretation of that verse. You see, Jesus fulfilled the law always, and this circumstance happened at that time, and he fulfilled the law. Exodus 22.2 says this, If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. Hello? That's self-defense. Then natural law, God said this in Genesis 9, 6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. That's called self-defense. If Peter was guilty of attempted murder and violated Jesus' statement, Peter would have been killed for his action. Again, this shows Peter was not wrong. Only his timing was the problem. So Jesus' statement actually implies the right for self-defense against enemy and oppressors. Revelation 13.10 says this, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Those oppressors that are using the sword against the people of God, they're going to die by the sword. The sword of Christ one day when he returns. Amen? Back then, under Roman law, citizens had a right to carry personal arms. Howbeit, Roman law forbade the Jews and other subject people to carry swords under penalty of death. Apparently, the apostles of Jesus violated this law by carrying a pair of swords. That Jesus told his disciples to buy swords was a capital offense under Roman law. He never told them not to carry because he knew what the law said, but also the natural law, self-preservation. Then some people use, and I'm about done, some people use Matthew 5, 21 and the first part of 22. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, I'm going above that unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without call shall be in danger there. Always remember this. Self-defense is not evil. Vengeance and paying back someone is evil. Loving your enemy is to treat them fairly and equitably. Matthew 19, 19 says this here. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You love your enemy as yourself, but that doesn't mean you cut your throat. Amen? 
<laughs> a lawless justice society creates chaos leading to evil against others. And we're beginning to see that. New York City, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, the border, Indianapolis. Huh? There's a whole lot of cities we could mention, but those are the main ones I know about. I believe with all my heart that God kept intact the universal right of self-defense. And we have the right to defend ourselves when circumstances calls for it. Of course, we hope that never happens to us. I understand that. God forbid. That's what we all want, right? We understand that. But what happens if something comes and it's endangering you and your family? You're just going to sit by and let them take their lives and take your life? That's not love. That's stupidity. You need self-defense. It's our duty to protect our family, our community, and our nation, to ensure preservation and protection of life, of liberty, and of freedom. We have the support we need, I believe, from Scripture, the Second Amendment, but even natural law that's within all of us. And using force would be the last resort ever. And we say, God forbid that we have to, but I'm not going to stand by and let somebody harm my family. When government begins to privilege through license in different ways our guns, that undermines what it means to be a citizen of a free state. And that makes us slaves to the elite's and socialism's agenda. There's an old saying, socialism will come, they won't even have to fire a shot, they'll just walk in. The founders had more confidence in the people than the leaders. Because if government legislates control, it will destroy the very freedom it was designed to preserve. Now, that was a great statement. It was. As I said here a few weeks ago, our only hope is the gospel. Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again. You put your faith in that, you have eternal life. Then you have the Holy Spirit living in, within you, and he changes you. People can be changed if they trust in the gospel. The other thing we have is our testimony. We are to be lights in the midst of this craziness that's going on all around us. And you never know how that's going to turn out. Yesterday we had an HOA picnic, Homeowners Association, and uh, we have a little park there, and they all came out, and, uh, you know, 50 people maybe, and we're there and we're talking to people. And we used to have this one guy used to, lead the HOA and uh, rough character, rough language, you know, abrasive, and on and on it goes. And Carol and I are sitting there, 
And I seen him walking in. And I said, well, it's, hey, it's great to see you. And uh, I always tried to be nice around him. And he said, I need to talk to you before I leave. And he had come straight up to him. And then he went over. At the end of it, here he comes up to me. Carol's standing there, and he starts talking to me. And she said, well, I'll leave. He said, no, stay there. And there are people all around us. And he says, Jim, he said, I respect you for the way you handle yourself, the way you say certain things or whatever. And he's in bad physical health. He says, when I die, would you say some words for me? Isn't that amazing? Well, you talk about a blessing. You know, sometimes you don't think your life matters. It matters all the time. And you can be a light. And that's America's only hope is the gospel light. And we share that testimony of that light. Our hope is in involvement. You need to get involved in what's going on in your community and in your state and in your country. You need to take a stand for what is right and get behind these people and help them. And you need self-defense. Just that simple. I'm not ashamed of that. Now, if you didn't like this message, I'm sorry. I started to say something, but it wouldn't have been very nice. <laughs> but I'm, as a Christian, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. But as an American citizen that God has privileged me to be a part of for all these years that I love and that I want to respect is letting us down greatly. And it's going to get darker than it is. So we're not fearful, but we're not crazy either. Uh, we know what we need to do. So do what you need to do. Don't criticize other people who believe in self-defense because they will be the ones who come to your rescue before it's all said and done, I promise. Amen? God bless you. <laughs> Father, we love you. We just end this service now just by saying we praise you, we love you, we thank you for the day you visited our heart, you showed us the sacrifice of your son and his resurrection. We believed in it because your word told its truth. And we were wonderfully saved. Each day of our life, you're the one who gave us the ability to get wealth to be able to afford to live. You're the one who guides and protects us. We understand all of that. But also, God, we know you gave us a brain to use. And God, I pray we use it wisely. Help us never have to come face to face with what I just said this morning. But if we do, May we be ready, and we, may we stand up for what we believe you created, a human life in your image, and that is valuable to you and to us. So God, I just pray that you be with our church, our people, meet all their needs. Jobs are going to get harder. Cost of living is already crazy right now. Lots happening. May we just look to you each and every day in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net 
or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.